0: Welcome to Traditional Hunter Magazine's Campfire Chat podcast.
1: In this episode, TJ is visiting with his longtime friend, Nick Matthews of Indiana. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Campfire Chat. It's uh, good to be here again with you, Nick, and I really want to appreciate the hospitality you and Brenda have given robin to me while we're here. And uh, it's really nice to be in Indiana once again, and uh, I'm glad you came here to sit with me. Yeah, of course I would.
0: You're welcome to this place anytime you want.
1: Perfect, I if like we're,
0: that. If we're, if we're not here, you know where the key is.
1: That's one thing. It's nice to have friends around the country, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Well, you know, I we're doing these podcasts and I want to do something a little bit different than what everybody else is doing. And I like to. My goal is to do some of these things that I can. We can talk to other people who aren't in the limelight and things mm-hmm. like that. You and I have been that friends be for me. a long time. <laughs> So let's, uh, I just want to start out, so what are your earliest memories of hunting in the outdoors? And, and did your father hunt? Did you, who was your mentor when you were younger?
0: Well, I've always had the interest of hunting. And I've, I remember uh, talking to my dad all the time about hunting. Who? Yeah, it, it, it's a different situation because I know when my father was younger, he did hunt. Then he... He got drafted into World War II, and he got wounded three times. Wow. And he, he fought in the Battle of the Bulge, landed in the D-Day. And he just didn't like guns that well. But I remember for Christmas, I wanted something, he got me a bow.
1: Fantastic. He got me a
0: bow. I was so happy with that, you know, and I thought everybody had a bow then. And then I remember going out and shooting it all the time. And the first time I ever killed anything with it, I was probably 15 years old, and this is the pheasant story. Oh, yes. Do you want to Tell hear us about it? that.
1: Tell me about that. This, this is the first animal you ever killed. Yes, planet. with a bow and arrow. Oh. First animal was a okay.
0: pheasant. I was, I think, about 15 years old, and we just got a nice snowfall. And I asked my mom, I said, hey, can I go to Stores Lake? It's in Wisconsin. It's a public hunting ground. And hunt. Whatever I can get, rabbit, pheasant. It wasn't, pheasant didn't even get in my mind at that time. I thought it was more rabbit. So she and was How old were you at the time? 15. 15. I think it was 15, 14, 15, somewhere right in there. Okay. And she goes, Well, yeah, it's about four, mile, uh, four miles away. So she said, Well, ask your dad. So I went down the garage. My dad's always in
1: the garage. <laughs> like you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like me.
0: And he, he, I asked him, hey, Dad, do you mind if I go rabbit hunting? He says, looks at me and goes, where are you going? He says, Storrs Lake. It's four miles. He goes, well, just be careful. Yeah, go ahead and go. Be careful. So the only way I had to get there was my bicycle. So I tied my bow on the bicycle. I had my quiver on my back. And it's, but we get a a, a little bit of snow, so it was really nice. I rode up to Storrs Lake, and there's cars parked in the parking lot, and there's this huge oak tree sits there. I always leave my bike against that oak tree. So I'm out there hunting, and I'm walking down a a fence line, a real thick fence line with my bow, trying to see if I can get a rabbit. And pretty soon I hear a boom, 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 and I hear oh, 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 oh. Here comes a pheasant flying right at me. And the, the thing landed and started running. And I'm there with my bow and he's running. I pulled back and I drilled him. <laughs> and I go, wow, I got a pheasant with my bow. So I had a, a jacket. My brother was in Vietnam at the time. And he said I could use his hunting jacket. It was a, a redhead. Yeah. And you know how they got the, in back there, they got the game pouch there. I stuck that puppy in there, <laughs> and I'm walking back to my bicycle, uh, and I look down at another pheasant track. So I cut some tracks. So I'm sneaking along through this thicket and come over a little hill, and I look down there, and there's this pheasant down there. There's this pheasant down there picking red berries off these bushes. It's a big old rooster, and I've got oh, I grabbed an arrow on my quiver. They had bear razor heads on them. I always called them deer arrows because that's what everybody used them for. And I pulled back, and I shot, and I missed. The pheasant jumps and looks around a little bit, and I'm on top of that hill, kneel down, get another arrow out, shoot again, missed him again. The pheasant's sort of looking around, getting sort of nervous. Now I had one arrow left. (laughs) So I pulled the last arrow out, and the pheasant's down there picking berries, and I shot. And hit him right in the head. Ah. The thing goes down, he's flopping around. And I go, wow, two pheasants. So I go down, pick up my pheasant, and I'll find my arrows, and stick it in my quiver. And going back to my bicycle, I tied my bow on, and I hear somebody laughing. I looked over. It's my phys ed teacher and my shop teacher. And they're laughing at me. And they said, hey, come here, what do you think you're trying to do with that thing? And that's so why I wheel my bicycle over there and they said, You're not gonna get anything with that ball and he's one of the one of the guys reached in the trunk and goes, Well he had a dog there laying there too. And he had the shotguns there and he reaches in the trunk and pulls out this pheasant, You trying to get one of these? I said, I reached in the back of that jacket into that game pouch and grabbed two pheasants by the head and I says, No, these <laughs> And they they saw that and they just, they just couldn't believe that somebody could get with a bow and arrow. And so I, I put them all back there, you know, and I rode my bicycle home. And I think it was like a Saturday and Monday, school came. And we're in a shop class. Shop teacher comes in and he asks, but you have a good weekend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about you? And uh, he goes, well, I had a real good weekend going on. I went hunting. And I got a pheasant, and then I saw little Nicky Matthews coming and walking out of the woods with two pheasants with his bow and arrow. He said it ruined my day, <laughs> <laughs> and from there on, all my nephews that went through that class heard about little Nicky Matthews and his pheasant hunt.
1: So <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a great story. So, was that really the the changing point? Did you continue to bow hunt after that? Oh, or? yeah.
0: That's all I had. I thought, everybody's got to hunt with a bow. You know, that, that's all I had to hunt with. And I never even thought about, I need a gun, I need a gun. Right. Give me a bow and I'd go up to the hardware store, buy a couple of arrows.
1: And so, do you remember what that first bow was? The it, was it was a bear. It was a bear bow. Diggers, right? Everybody yeah. shot bears in the beginning? Yes.
0: It, it was a bear bow. Um, I'm not... I think it had like a a yellow glass on it. I'm not sure. Because mm-hmm. I've had so, so many wow. of them since then, but it was a bear bow and they were bear razorheads, Deer arrows. <laughs> deer arrows.
1: <laughs> so you've been you've been bow hunting for fifty years, roughly.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely.
1: Wow. That's, uh, that's pretty impressive. I know things have changed a lot since then. Yeah, um, a lot. Well, also, I see that you know, and I have been friends for a long time, and I've always admired the fact that you're custom-made arrows.
0: Oh. <laughs> um,
1: but you have a Native American background, and I'd like to know a little bit more. I know that you, you, a lot of times you build your arrows based on other tribes or maybe your own tribe, I'm not really sure, yeah. but I'd like to know more about this, about your, yeah, your yeah. background.
0: Well, I'm talking to my grandma all the time, and she was from Wisconsin, well, I'm from Wisconsin, originally, but she always told me, she goes, you know why you hunt with like that, the way you do with a bow and arrow? He, she said, because you have Native American blood. And she lived in the Chippewa Valley, so I'm thinking, she didn't never come out and said a lot about it, but she says that's why you use a bow and arrow, because you've got Native American blood. But she always said, "Don't be repeating the stuff." And I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think it's Chippewa. And uh, I've I've had several people ask me, "What tribe are you from?" You know, mm-hmm. and she's always talked about Chippewa. So, you know, unless I did a DNA test, what I don't know. <laughs> do you want to do anything? No, no, I don't want to do it. <laughs> but my, my arrows I make are I like to do self-knot moose antler and I put the uh I, I do some bead work in them. I do, I use all natural turkey feather. And I my brothers in Wisconsin and, and nephews always give me turkey feathers. I got so many turkey feathers. I could probably do ten dozen arrows, but I get they save them all for me and I just it's it's a it's it's just tradition to do it.
1: And you always do a self knock reinforced with you mm-hmm. reinforce that with the antler the moose antler. Moose antler, yes. Yeah, another beautiful arrows. And your bow now, I mean you saw you've shot self bows obviously.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. And what are you shooting now? I'm shooting a great northern it's it's called a fireball mm-hmm. from Jerry Brum. And it's it's a really nice shooting bow, but I've always for the last twenty five years I've shot Great Northern and I'm so used to it. There's a couple other bows I'd like to try, but I shoot I don't shoot as good as I used to, but I, I really like the ball.
1: Oh well, neither one of us shoot as good as we used to. We're, we have a lot of snow on the mountain. Yes. Like, uh, but you had that fireball, isn't that what you took to Zimbabwe when we went back yes. there in the nineties? Yes,
0: and I, I talked to Jerry Brum about that when we were getting ready to go to Zimbabwe. Because I said, Jerry I need to order a 75-pound bow. And Jerry goes, what the hell are you going to do with that? I said, well, I'm going to Africa. He looks at me, he goes, Nick, that fireball you got will kill anything you want to shoot at in Africa, besides elephant." you know. So, and, and I did take it to Africa, and it did very well.
1: Well, you know, uh, I had my Robertson take down there, and that blew up on me. And I was going, <laughs> after you guys all left, and we left uh, Zimbabwe, I was going to Namibia. And uh, you offered me your bow, and then I thought, sure, do you think, I don't forget who loaned me there. They loaned me a fireball, and I took it to midway, and I shot shot an oryx and uh, a few other things there with it. It was a nice shooting bow. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I I really do like Jerry's bows. I guess his son builds them now,
1: Bob. Bobby's taken over Great Northern, everything, the quivers and the whole thing. And I talked with Jerry this weekend up there Mm. at the uh, Compton Traditional Bull Hunters Rendezvous in Berrien Springs, and... Jerry's enjoying his retirement. Yeah. He says, every time I go down there, he says, Bobby kicks me out. <laughs> he says, Bobby knows more than I, he says, he thinks he knows more than me and I can't, you know, if, if he, he wants to make his own way, that's fine with that's me. That's
0: good, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no, but uh, oh, I just, bow is is
1: everything to me. That's, I mean it's a to, it's a lifestyle for
0: it, sure. it is and everything you see around my den is all bows and yeah, stuff. It's
1: gorgeous up here. I've been waiting for you to finish it so I can stay up here. It's not staying down in the other yeah, guest. Yeah. Well, this get, is more like my office. Yeah. Lots, of, <laughs> lots of dead stuff and mounts and barrel heads and bows and arrows and all yeah. kinds of neat stuff of the hunt.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh some of the some of the best times are when I was younger and I really didn't even know it. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't realize that these are great times, like when I met Fred Bear. Oh, yeah.
1: And... You've met a lot of the old timers. Yeah, for,
0: well, I'm 66 years old, <laughs> too, so... <laughs>
1: well, you got a couple years, I mean, not too many. Yeah,
0: but I was uh, in my early 20s when I met Fred Bear. Yeah, it was, it was a, a funny thing when I um, think about it now is, back then, I didn't really realize who I was meeting and where the people involved in archery and when I went to um this show that Buckrup Archery was putting on Fred Bear was was there as a guest speaker so I uh I couldn't go but I I did after I got out of work Saturday I couldn't go so I went Sunday it was Sunday afternoon time I got there and I go in there People were clearing out, but they still had items on the table, all kinds of things, you know. And I'm looking at them, and just because I, I, I had to get through there quick before they closed down. And I'm looking at stuff, and pretty soon I hear some guy going, oh, they got a lot of stuff out here yet, don't they? Yeah, and the guy kept on talking to me. I'm going, I'm trying to look at the stuff. And I went to turn around to say something, and I turned around, and it's Fred Bear. <laughs> and he, holy cow! I said, you're him, aren't you? You're Fred Bear. You're him. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, "He goes, yeah, that's me. And so we th- talked about his uh, big bear he shot in Alaska at the time.
1: He was behind that big rock. Oh, yeah, that he, was a coastal grizzly. Yeah. Or coastal brown, excuse me.
0: And he had that full mounted there. And I, I asked him, I said, now, do you get nervous when you shoot something? He goes, if I didn't get nervous, I wouldn't do it. And uh, we started talking. We talked for quite a while. And I got ready to go, and he goes, "What are you hunting this year?" I said, "Well, I'm going to hunt mule deer in Colorado. I'm going to hunt white tails and black bear in Wisconsin." And he pulled out a dollar bill and signed it. He says, "You carry this with you. It'll bring you good luck." And I'm like, "Whoa! Look at that—a dollar bill signed by Fred Bear." And he said, "Bring me luck," and I did carry it. I got a mule deer, I got a white tuna, I really? got a black bear.
1: Well, that's good luck. Do you still have that dollar? Yes, I do. It's, is it framed? It's,
0: it's framed up there. And,
1: oh, there it is above your, your arrows. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> a great, that is <laughs> a nice piece of history there, it. Oh, you yeah, had Glenn St. Charles sign it, too. Well, yeah, well, that's, <laughs> that's the thing. Up at
0: Compton. yo, Glenn was up, up there on his little uh, scooter thing, you right. know, and, and I was talking to Glenn, and... Yeah, what, do you, what do you need here? You want something signed? you know? <laughs> that was yeah, Glenn. Yeah, it was Glenn, yeah. I said, hey, Glenn, would you uh, sign a dollar bill for me? Uh, I'll charge it for it. But <laughs> and, uh, I pull, he goes, yeah, yeah, I'll sign it for it. And I pulled it out. He goes, who's this damn fool? <laughs> Fred Bear on the other side there. <laughs> it, it, he, he says, I don't know if I'll bring you good luck. I told the story about Fred. But he says, I don't know if I'll bring you good luck. But yeah, I'll sign it for you. He signed it, and I've had it for 40-some years since Fred signed it.
1: That's a nice piece <laughs> of history.
0: Yeah, and, and that arrow up there, that's uh, Glenn St. Charles arrow
1: in the, in from the, the 50s. Era. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, nice. yeah, I've got a few. Glenn was a very good, yeah. close, dear friend of our family, and my, and our two families were used to spend oh, yeah. his birthday every year in December, so <laughs> I know that, that that was a special, special man. Yeah. He was. Oh, Yeah. You know, uh, it's kind of funny. We, like I said, we've been friends for a long time. Do you remember how we met and when we met? And
0: I, yeah, I got a, The first time we met is when I'm not sure where it was, but you were at your booth.
1: It's Kalamazoo.
0: Kalamazoo.
1: He's exactly, at the Great at the Expo. Way back. Uh, when, yeah, <laughs> way back when. Ninety five, I think maybe.
0: And it was my wife Brenda and I walking through. And I think I did that story. Uh, that's right. I,
1: you gave me one of you shooting a goose. Yeah. You shot a goose, a Canada goose, or it a, a Canadian goose, and I, we were corrected. It's Canada goose. But yeah, you had shot that, and I bought the story and printed it, yeah. which I thought was a, a great story, by the way.
0: Yeah, that was. it was called Who's Your Honkers the Hard Way? Yes, it was.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but
0: I think that's the first time we really clicked. Yep. And from there on, we always said hi, talk a little bit, and then... Uh, a, year, a couple years later or so. Hey, going to Zimbabwe? Want to go? Look, look at Brenda. Go? You want to go? She goes. I'll go. So, and we we really bonded right there. But uh, it it was it was that was a, probably the one of the most scariest trips I've ever done, is Zimbabwe.
1: The Himani is a wild place. Uh, Almost a million acres, and it has everything. Lions, you know, it's dangerous. Oh, it's dangerous.
0: I I remember I was in this pit blind, and I saw a snake go across the thatched roof on the inside, weaving in. And I remember telling the pH of Kim. Uh, Kim, yes. Yeah, I told Kim it wasn't a big snake. It was just a little one. He says it doesn't matter. He says they they're all dangerous. And he said, "You just got to watch out for them because I was going to knock it down." And he said, "No, don't do anything with those stakes." But uh, that was the most dangerous place I've ever
1: been. We had a lot of fun. We did um, have a lot of fun. I think that was a it was a great a great time. I think it was Gadget and yeah. uh, and y- and you and your wife and Slomsky's yeah. Steve and uh,
0: yeah, Steve and Lisa.
1: Yeah, that was a, that was a good trip. We had a lot of fun. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah.
0: It it was quite an adventure, but I enjoyed it a lot.
1: I know that was a that was it was a great time. I uh, I kind of miss Africa, but mm-hmm. after all these years, it's done. Yeah. So, but you had a lot of fun. You took a lot of quite a few animals on that trip.
0: Yeah, I took the kudu, the warthog, impala. You know, and saw a lot of other ones, but you got to be. I'm telling you, you got to be careful on your shots because if you just hit it. Not kill it, but just hit it. You you're paying for that animal, so it makes you think before you shoot. And pretty soon you're gonna. Oh, I should, but
1: I shouldn't. I'm going anyway. <laughs> you went to you went to South Africa a couple times. Didn't yes, you
0: yep, went to South Africa. How'd that
1: compare to Zimbabwe?
0: Uh, I know my opinion. <laughs> yeah, my, my opinion. You know, South Africa it's fun, but if you put them side by side, Zimbabwe is just outdoes. All of them, I think.
1: It was a, it was it was Africa the old way. it yes, was a very colonial, way. and especially where we stayed at the bush camp out there. Yes,
0: I mean where we stayed in uh, South Africa had all electricity and stuff, and when we were in Zimbabwe, you had flashlights. <laughs> <laughs> I, remember, I remember we had the tents way back, we got there late at night. We did, and I remember. Uh, Kim go, well, your tents sort or of take this trail down here. And Brad's gone, what the hell? <laughs> Where do we go? Where are we going? But it, it was nice. Once we got comfortable in it, it was fine.
1: We had a good time. Well, there were tents with end suites on them. Yes. They were built in with rocks so you had a full shower and yeah. toilet and washroom and all that. They were really nice. And they were thatched over up to Yes, in case thatched. it got to the rain. Well, we had a great time. I thought it was a fantastic hunt. I mean, it was... Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was really memorable for me.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: So now we get back to, you know, you've bull hunted for all these years. You've done a lot of hunts, as I, you know, we both have over the several decades. Can you tell me if, the, if you can remember what would be probably your most memorable hunt? I know they're all memorable, but what was your, your probably the hunt you would remember the most that was probably the best hunt you've been on?
0: Well, there's there are a lot of them. You
1: know? Of course, there's never one,
0: but I mean... No. I uh, I like the caribou hunt. I think caribou hunting is made for bow hunters. And I uh, it's just it's just a funny thing that happened to me. We were caribou hunting. and I'd shot a, a one nice bull and I had two tags. And it was like Thursday and, and Friday was supposed to be storms coming in and you can't get on the lake. And I thought, well, I got to see if I can get, fill my other tag because I've been passing up a lot of caribou because. I had all week, and I didn't want to fill my tag, and it would be done, you know. And I, I don't fish a lot. I didn't fish. I fish now, but I didn't do it when I was up there. But, uh...
1: And that was at McKay Lake?
0: At McKay Lake, yeah. And we went out there. We spotted these bulls that were going up a hillside. I circled way around the other side and came up on them. And there, there was nothing up there. It's just barren land and just stone. So I... Uh, I thought, i got to get up behind these, the, a big stone here and wait for those caribou. So I'm trying to run up there and, you know, running uphill there and that stuff. And I looked and I, I see a cow come over the hill. So I quick lay down on the ground and there's a, a, a look like a, a just a flat stone in front of me. And I'm just laying there watching this cow caribou walk by me and she had a calf. And that calf come over to me and started eating the moss off that stone not farther, no further than six inches away. And he's eating that, and I could feel him breathing on me. (laughs) And I'm going, get out of here, get out of here. And the the cow had walked away, and that little calf, pretty soon he's sniffing my pant legs. He grabs the back of my pants, and he's pulling my pants out of my boots. He's got a hold of them. I thought he was gonna get that skin there and bite down on me. And I'm going, get out of here, get out of here, you know, and finally, I think he left, you know, and pretty soon he's on the other side, sniffing up and down. And then, finally, I thought, okay, he is gone. And I'm laying there waiting for those bulls to come over, and I hear something. He's got my bow in his mouth, and he's dragging it away. So I come up with a a foot. I gave him a kick and about knocked him down. He ran all the way down to that cow and looked under the belly of that cow up where I was at. So I thought, all right, now I got to get up to that big stone there because those bulls are going to come. I got up, didn't take five steps, and I could see his antlers coming up to lay back down. And I'm going, okay, they're going to come right by me. And I was laying flat on my chest. And with an arrow knocked, I just used my chest muscles to reach up and at 10 yards shoot miss oh, get another arrow shoot miss at 10 yards he shot under him shot under him, and that caribou ran off about 40 yards and stopped and it's like i was shooting out my field because i'd done it a lot before this hunt and it was the same as i was sitting out in my field i looked out and i see that target i come up i shot and i see that arrow Right through it, and he runs, and I'm going, I know I hit him good, but, you know, my arrows are dark colored, so I'm looking, I go, I see a spot right behind the front shoulder, I go, oh, that would have been a good spot to hit this bull. Pretty soon, I see a trickle of blood come down, and he just stubble-stepped, and boom, down he went. But that was one of my most memorable hunts.
1: That's what sounds like a memorable hunt. Quite a hunt there. Well, that's a, and, and, well, the experience of that and having that. I, I had a similar uh, experience with a cow and a calf, but yeah. it, it didn't chew on me.
0: Yeah, it was chewing <laughs> on my pant leg. and, and I was, Larry Fisher was up there, yeah. and Larry looks at me, and I was telling the story. He goes, nobody can make that up. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I said, I didn't make it up, Larry. That's exactly what happened, but I did get them all.
1: You know, that McKay Lake hunt was a really good one for a long time, you know, and, uh, and it's too bad that it's gone, yes. but uh, that's, a great, that's a great story. <laughs> you ever had a, you ever been in a situation, and I know you hunt bears quite a bit up in Canada where, with your friend, and, and you've traveled a lot up there through Canada. You have ever had an experience, it's your scariest experience, something you really thought that, besides Africa, where, you, could, where it was, you got yourself in a situation that you thought was, all very, that you wouldn't get out of.
0: Oh yeah, bear hunting. You or know black bears. You know, but you know, people. A lot of people think, oh, black bear, is this black bear. But I'll tell you, I had a bear that we're hunting baits, and he he would sit there, and he 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 knew I was in that stand, and he'd sit there and feed, and then come over in my stand and look up at me, then go back and feed. Then one time he climbs up the tree, and I'm standing in the stand, and he's got his paw feeling the bottom of my tree, feeling the top of my tree stand as I'm standing in it. And I, I give him a kick, this paw down, he, you know, and, and, and he goes down and then he comes back up. And I'm thinking, geez, what am I going to do with this thing, you know? And I didn't really want to shoot it because it wasn't a real big bear. Mm-hmm. It was probably 150 pounds. But Ron told me, he says some of those smaller bears are, are worse than the large ones. That's true. But uh, that was a scary situation besides africa you know but it, w- it was fun but it's an adventure yeah
1: you have a favorite animal you like to bow hunt? i know most people out here it's, it's white tail
0: <laughs> well you live in indiana it's right. white tail <laughs> i like i like to hunt rabbits bowl, but i i, I like white tail hunting but the thing about indianas is, is you got little woodlots here and there so you don't you have to tree stand hunt you know i'd love to be able to walk two miles of forest. You know, you can go down to Southern Indiana. They do have some state forest down there, but it's five hours away. So everything I do around here is, is tree stand. I, I, I like, whitetails Seems to be the hardest. You know, I've hunted Saskatchewan whitetails. You but, shot a uh, pretty
1: nice deer up there. Yeah, I shot
0: some. You know, they made fun of me up there too, but
1: <laughs> but uh, but you shot the biggest one in camp too. Yeah, we. I shot,
0: <laughs> then these guys are wanting to know where can I get one of those bows because they were all gun hunters, right? And they're going. To, they looked at my bow and when I first got there, they sort of laughed at it and joked around about it, and, until I killed one. Then it's wow, and I remember this one guy goes, "Who made that bow?" I said, oh, "It's Jerry Brum, uh, Great Northern." He goes. I'm going to buy me one. I said, they're expensive. He said, I don't care how much it is. I'm buying me one of those when I get back. He took the address down and maybe he bought one.
1: Who knows? They yeah. saw a lot of bows, right? Yeah, they
0: saw a lot of bows. Jerry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he probably later, Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking to you, son. Uh, that's hilarious. That's that's uh, But yeah, that's interesting. I know I've had that happen too, but I, yeah. that's a great story. And uh, on the other side, uh, if money was no object, in time, it was no object. What species that you haven't hunted, or what would be your number one species that you would like to go after with your bow?
0: Uh, probably moose or elk.
1: You yeah. haven't killed an elk yet?
0: I killed one with a gun when I was 23 years old, I think. Went, went out on my own.
1: And yeah, so moose, yeah, mooses, but you, so you never hunted moose.
0: Never hunted moose. Uh, I've hunted elk twice. I, I did get one with a gun, when I was 20-some years old, went on my own yeah. to Montana. So far. Yeah, so far. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but uh, Well, hopefully, um, we may have that in store in the near future with my friend Pete McKean.
0: Oh, yeah. Pete sounds like a nice guy.
1: Well, you know, we were all supposed to go on that muskox hunt here uh, this next boil, well, and August one yeah. was postponed. And what happened on that?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, at least they were honest with us, said, hey, we're going to give you your money back, everything. So
1: it's how long ago we booked that? Oh, we booked
0: that what two years ago? I think so. Yeah, two years ago we booked that hunt and it got canceled last year because August, we were supposed to go August 16th and August 9th, they called up and said said, Ice had just gone out, and all the locals that guided are going after their caribou for the winter. You know, you think about it, the ice just gone out in August? And so we had no guides, so we canceled till this year, but this year they were saying that there aren't the muskox that they would like to have there for us to hunt, and it might be a, a iffy thing to get them. So they offered to reimb- reimburse our money and everything, So which is very, very nice, because they could have just said, well, come on up and hunt and
1: see what happens. Well, it's kind of a shame, because I was really looking forward to sharing camp with you and Pete oh, yeah. and his girlfriend, Kelly, this year, but last year, sure, but... I'm glad that we've got that settled. So yes. now we have some extra money yeah. <laughs> for it to hunt something else. Not yet, but we will. Yeah. So reimbursement Absolutely. It. So so possibly moose. Yeah. Never know, right? You never know. Yeah. Well you've done a lot. We've been we've been friends for a long time. We've hunted quite a bit together and uh you've got, with you shoot here you hunt here quite often. We love this sport. One thing that's happening a lot right now is that we're seeing a lack of hunters, a lot of replacement hunters. Yeah. And so uh, you know, there's a lot of things, there's certain things that have kind of root, changed hunting and boning in the, the last three, four five decades that you and I have been bohunting. And it's both through technology and urbanization. More and more people are living in cities. Uh, young kids are not getting exposed to mm-hmm. this. You know, Compton does a fantastic job of yes, usually teaching 125 to 175 children every year archery, and, and it's a big hit. The Compton Rendezvous, which just got up this weekend, is probably the largest gathering. But... You know, I'm looking at we're all getting older in this sport. I hate to call it sport; it's a lifestyle. But what what, is, what are your opinions of the future, and and what do we have to do? What can we do to preserve the heritage that we have? What's your What's your ideas on that?
0: Well, I understand people like the deer hunt, but I know so many people now in Indiana you can use a crossbow, and. I talked to guys, oh, yeah, I took two shots last year, got two deer. I can shoot them at 90 yards. And I'm going, I just asked them, I said, it's called bow hunting for a reason. Use a bow and arrow. You know, it, it was it was uh, tough enough to put up with all compounders, shooters, you know. But then when the crossbow come out, I'm afraid to go on the public hunting ground Early in the morning because I'm afraid somebody's going to shoot me with one of those because I've heard several people say I'll shoot 60 yards 90 yards 100 yards and I got a long bow 20 yards or rounder. I like You know and, and even when uh, I got checked by a conservation officer down there I'm walking out with my bow and he looks at me and goes you don't see that anymore And he looked at my bow and he goes he looks at it and goes, that's a good way to do it. And I've had several people that I've hunted with, that hunt with compounds, looked at my bow and go, God, that's the real way to do it. And I just say, try it. You know, I've even given some bows away to guys, thinking
1: maybe they'll do it. But mentoring is a big big thing. And also introduction, in introducing uh, other hunters to the thrill. I think it's very special in traditional archery. And we have a very nice heritage.
0: Oh, absolutely. I just... You know, every bow I see, I want to. Oh, I should buy that and hang it up in my den. You know, like
1: old bows, new bows. Who made this? I don't know. <laughs> well, it's been great here. Do you have any final thoughts? Anything you'd like to to say about your your opinion about traditional bow hunting and archery and against whatever's going on out there? Or? It's
0: uh, well, teach kids, get kids involved. If you got if you got relation and have a have a. Have a, a party out to your house and set up a target and let the kids shoot. You'd be amazed. They get hooked on this so easy. Yeah. You know, we've had so many people come out have never shot a bow in their life. And they bring their kids out. We set up targets. They can't get enough of them. I'm, I'm pooped at in a couple <laughs> hours chasing arrows and showing them how to pull the bow back. And they go, this is so much fun. I want to do this again. And they talk about it. They grow up. Remembering that so well, we took a little girl one time. She was a friend of Brenda's at work. Um, uh, Brenda worked with her father, and we were going to an archery shoot. And her name was Lissy. And uh, Mike says, "Will you? Do you want to take Lissy with you?" She'd probably like to watch you. And she, she came off the house, and we shot the bows, and she really liked it. She was like ten years old. I said, "Well, we're going to the archery shoot. You want to go?" So she got the kids. You we, we shot the range, and at the end of it, she won first place. Really? Yes. So she's still got that trophy. She's <laughs> got her own family now. And they said, that trophy sits out all the time. She remembers everything about it.
1: Does she still shoot a bow?
0: I, I, I don't think she does. But the memories and maybe even just the thought of, oh, you're a bow hunter? That's okay. I shoot a ball. She understands it.
1: Well, all we can do is expose people and your children and all that, and yes. no one knows how they're going to turn out. no,
0: you don't you yeah, just do. you can't push it on them they gotta love to do it and and if you like it enough, you will do it. You don't have to go hunting and kill everything no you like to, but you know it's it's an adventure,
1: you know it's been great, Nick. It's been fun talking with you and uh you know, you mentioned going elk hunting or moose hunting. Well, now we have a little bit of a rebate. <laughs> You're more than welcome to come out and hunt with me in Idaho next year or anytime. Come up to my elk camp. I'd love to share it with you. I would enjoy that a lot. And I'd, I would be honored to hunt with you. Hey, thanks for your time. It's been a great Thank conversation you, around the fire here. Yeah. So. yeah. All right. I love you. Now, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Shoot straight, guys.
0: you enjoyed this campfire chat podcast thanks for joining us please subscribe to this podcast so you won't
1: miss the next one and visit our website www.tradbow.com for great articles tips and lots more of traditional bowhunter magazines